Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The world is a complicated place. You need someone to expose the political fakers, fixers, and takers and to cut through the mindless chatter and misdirection to help you make sense of it all. That person is Dan Proft. And this is The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to The Dan Proft Show, the lockdown heroes and heroines that are no more. Uh, We talked earlier in the program about one Andrew Cuomo. Uh, How about uh, the other side of the world in New Zealand? New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, she was celebrated early on in the pandemic as uh, somebody who uh, had gotten it right with the lockdowns. Well, now the headline at The Guardian is, everyone is angry, quote unquote, Ardern under pressure over latest Auckland COVID lockdown. They're in their fourth lockdown, New Zealand. The city re-entered lockdown with level three restrictions in place for at least a week from Sunday following the discovery of a community case of unknown origin. One case lockdown, snap three-day lockdown that happened last month is happening again. And now the argument is whether or not to punish those who break lockdown protocols. (laughs) Ardern saying at a press briefing yesterday, breaking the rules was unacceptable and those that had done so were, quote, facing the full judgment of the entire nation. We're going to stick to shaming. But she argued against... uh, legal punishment for those breaking the particular lockdown protocols in the UK, you know, basically the shelter in place order and the like. And it just speaks to what many said at the outset of this, including um, epidemiologists like uh, Sweden's Johan Gusecki, those who are, this is after, we had gone into lockdown. She says, the, the, the thing about lockdown is I, once you set that precedent, once you get in, how do you get out? How do you get out? You set uh, arbitrary thresholds? Uh, or is it just flying by the seat of your pants uh, with spike in cases or spike in hospitalizations? How big does the spike have to be? And so on and so forth. And you're just forever playing lockdown whack-a-mole, which is what we've seen these lockdown heroes and heroines play, formerly heroes and heroines. For more on all of this, we're pleased to be joined by Michael Hendricks. He's the director of state and local policy at the Manhattan Institute. Michael, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. It's good to be with you. Uh, Results, not headlines is the uh, title of your piece, and you uh, are back over here in the States comparing and contrasting some states that – uh, made uh, the decision to go with a lighter touch versus states that went into full lockdown and, as I was describing, played lockdown whack-a-mole for the better part of the last year. That's right. I mean, while leaders in coastal hubs have been drawing headlines for their Cuomo press conferences and Newsom-like top-down leadership styles, uh, Heartland governors uh, have been trusting their communities and letting locals lead. And that kind of smart, targeted approach, I think, really shows itself in the results. It shows itself in West Virginia, 
which has been leading the country in vaccinations. And it's been showing itself in places like uh, Tennessee, where the governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee, has been saying, look, you can't say follow the science and close down our schools. We're going to give you the resources you need to educate our children. And that kind of smart, targeted leadership, I think, is really an example for the rest of the country. The media is just not paying attention to it. Well, and it's sort of the, the reversal in rhetorical positioning in the new year also s- sort of speaks to what you're describing when Andrew Cuomo gives his state of the state address and he's talking about, you know, we need to get businesses back up and open. We we can't wa- we can't uh, wait for vaccinations. Uh, everybody be vaccinated to reopen schools and, and, and the, the, these sorts of positions that were a virtual 180 from positions he had just a, a, a couple of few weeks earlier. Uh, and consistent with what CDC has been saying, but they've been saying that since November. So the late adoption, but the adoption nonetheless of those positions that were actually being implemented by some of those heartland states you mentioned uh, seems to indicate as much as close as you'll get to an admission that um, they overreached. Right. I, I think it's important to point out that in a place like California that's prided itself in stringent lockdowns and mask mandates, that has not prevented the Golden State from experiencing a winter surge, becoming the first state to surpass 3 million cases. Things got so bad in January, I note this in the piece, that Southern California's air regulator suspended cremation limits to deal with a backlog of bodies from COVID-19. It's just unbelievable. So, you know, my sense is like now that the pandemic has dealt severely with every state in the country, we just should look at how individual states have actually performed on the metrics that matter. Are they vaccinating and are they educating? Because I think the lives of the residents depend on it. Well, and, and are they are they growing? Um, in other words, as you know, what what are they? What is their business climate look like? Uh, Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, mentioning over the weekend. Of course, she did that. Uh, South Dakota has the lowest unemployment rate in the country. Florida, if you compare Florida and Ron DeSantis to, say, my home state of Illinois, uh, Florida, which is a big, diverse state, bigger uh, and just as diverse as Illinois, Florida has a case fatality rate that's 20 percent lower and an unemployment rate that's 30 percent lower than Illinois. And they, of course, Pritzker and DeSantis took two very different paths. So it's and, and then you go and look at, you know, the school openness metrics and you see the same thing because Florida schools never really closed and Illinois schools did. And Chicago's just getting back up, opening in part at the grade school level now. And so you, you see that it seems to me there's a real consistency. If you made that lockdown decision, you can predict the results that followed. And if you made that light touch, touch decision, you can basically predict the results that followed across hand, handling of COVID, handling the economy, handling of kids education. Well, and, and it's been amazing. You know, there were just forecasts of enormous budgetary and fiscal doom when the pandemic started for states and localities. You know, it's one of the reasons now why President Biden is proposing hundreds of billions, $350 billion to be specific in flexible aid, meaning you can use that money almost however you like for states and localities to help cover these budgetary shortfalls. And yet states around the country uh, many of whom have allowed their economies to flourish, are suddenly finding hundreds of millions of dollars into the cash cushions. Uh, you know, a place like Idaho is collecting more in tax revenues in the first three quarters of 2020 
then um, in the three, first uh, three quarters of 2020 and then did in the same period in 2019. And a state like Tennessee, which I mentioned earlier, in the first month, January of 2021, this year, it eclipsed its monthly tax revenue estimates by nearly $380 million, higher even than its take pre-pandemic in January. You know, now, of course, a state like Tennessee can propose renewed investments in education, broadband, health care, along with saving record amounts in the state's rainy day funds. So you just really have to ask, you know, are we rewarding bad behavior when we dole out billions of dollars as sort of a Biden bailout to states that already had, they already were fiscally profitable pre-pandemic, and that during the pandemic maybe did not lead in a smart, targeted way. Should well, we really be rewarding them? Also, too, I mean, you know, another round of checks for, you know, Americans under 75 grand and 150 grand as a household, that, that sort of thing, too. Um, we see, like you said, what was projected, what was anticipated, boy, more modeling that was wrong. And, uh, and, and what, what the reality is with, say, median household incomes in a lot of these states has actually increased during the pandemic because of all the government funding money. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. For many Americans, by no means all, but for many Americans, they are better off now than they were even pre-pandemic. And almost entirely, it's because of uh, incredible amounts of spending from the federal government. Now, in one sense, well, that's, that's a relief, right? But on another sense, you know, for many, particularly in a place like New York, New York City, California, there's still incredible unemployment and less reported is the underemployment and that's not going away so fine we've cut checks that's made an amazing difference to many people also including state and local budgets because you tax some of the spending that's occurred um but what happens afterward you know how are we going to make sure that the economies continue to come back and that there are actual jobs you know if you continue to pass regulation like they're doing in new york that prevents firms from hiring people, makes it much more difficult to then operate for businesses to stay alive and afloat, you know, there's still going to be this enormous amount of need, and yet the federal government would have blown through its its debt barriers in a way that we've never seen before, and the money's just not going to be there. So the question is, how can we make sure that the regulatory environment's in right, the economy's coming back, and the people are actually getting the help they need to get back on the feet themselves without a need for a check from Washington, D.C. And I really want to point to the heartland governors and heartland states that are actually doing that, regardless of what we hear from the coasts. He is Michael Hendricks, Director of State and Local Policy at the Manhattan Institute. Michael, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. seat and sharpen your pencils class is in session with professor dan proft and the dan proft show